This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage. All the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is there to help you grow. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Get a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash work. Shopify.com slash work. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by Mook Delivery, bringing you the food you love. Mook Delivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with Mook Delivery. So the only thing left to say is, Georgie, check for Dadsy. You in? Order now on the McDonald's app and you can also get rewards points delivered too. So the ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. <whistles> only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items. Delivery free and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. My wife asked me if I put the recycling out and it took me about 12 seconds. If your wife asks you to put the recycling out, you bugger off to another continent and start doing these kind of things. That's really quite something. Leicester City have a penalty kick in the six minutes of injury time. Injury time. Injury time. Look out, takes. Almunia saves. Look out, follows in. Almunia saves again. And now Wapner on the counter-attack. Forestieri. Oh, I don't believe this. Here's Hawk. Dini. I do not believe what I've just seen. Troy You're listening to the Do Not Scratch Your Eyes podcast. Joining us this time round is Derek, the founder of Kit Aid. Good evening, Derek. How are you? I'm great, thanks. Uh, and thanks for the opportunity to discuss Kit Aid. Oh, wonderful. Thank you very much. It's great to have you here. If anybody's listening, if you're on Twitter or on Facebook, you may see periodically pictures or video of people, you know, teams of footballers wearing you know, resplendent in full kit from teams often across, you know, from across the UK. I mean, only a couple of weeks ago, a team from Zimbabwe absolutely resplendently, proudly wearing the Watford half and half kit. I was very pleased about it because they were also wearing red shorts, which I personally think should be an absolute compulsory um, element. But I hate I'm often rambling. Um, The comments when people see these kits and from all clubs, I'm sure, you know, are about how happy it makes them to see people wearing them one so proudly and so happily. And it it tends to bring a lot of joy to people on social media. When you saw that, that's exactly the kind of reaction that, that we saw. All of this is done by the fabulous charity that is Kit Aid and Derek. So thank you so much for, for joining us. There, there, there's one on there that I that I saw um, earlier on the week from from Harpenden Colts being being worn by a team in other parts of the world. We'll get onto that, but it's a whole host of clubs that are donating kits and they're being worn. How did this come about? Introduce the guys to to Kit Aid. How you founded it, and and where you kind of take it. Yeah, sure. Uh, it started for me back in 1998, so 24 years ago. I, I At the time, I worked in the water industry and I was heavily involved in the charity Water Aid. And mm-hmm. I went out on a supporters visit to Tanzania. Now, 
I was wearing football shirts and my Watford shirt and literally every village that we went to, kids would run up and they'd start tugging the shirt and they want to play football and they just had these really rock hard uh, rag balls that were either made out of rag or plastic bags tied together. And then in one village, a kid just appeared. It was really, really, really remote. And a kid appeared out of nowhere wearing a raggedy old Liverpool shirt that was so worn you couldn't see, you could just see the imprint of Carlsberg on it. I took a photo and then when I came home, I said to my mates, uh, look, you know, this is quite sad really in the sense that we've all got shirts that don't fit us anymore. That, you know, we hang on to for various reasons. Let's try and fill a box and we'll get it out by water aid. And they were really good. They helped. And, you know, this one box went out and that was it as a one off. We thought we've done our bit. It will help that village. But we've got such fantastic feedback that we thought we can't stop now. We've got to do another box and another box. And it's just carried on and snowballed. And here we are 24 years later with 880,000 items of kit that have gone out. And yeah, it's it's just, it's, as you described earlier, it's a wonderful feeling for the people that give the shirts, but it means so much to those that receive them. Absolutely. I think, I think it's, uh, uh, sorry, I'm going to, I'm going to blow smoke up your ass here, but sod it, I'll do it anyway. It's, it's one of the few things that I've seen that have, at, from a charity work, also speaks across social media to people who see that. And, and, and it's an absolute impact to go, oh my God, they're wearing Liverpool kit. They're wearing the Liverpool and. And, and an appreciation that wherever people are in the world, they've got a connection. They've got a connection in, in that particular instance, as you just said, it was made up of plastic bags and they were kicking it about. And they were, they, you know, they were, they were you know, kind of pulling on your, on your Watford shirt. It's, it's an amazing thing to have, to have seen and done and taken it to, to that degree where you are you know, kind of obviously you started with Tanzania. It's now in many different kind of countries and locations that you're you're putting into this. How, how broad is the kind of geographical spread that you're kind of help, helping out here? Because it's, it's now pretty, pretty kind of global, isn't it? Yeah, we've got to the point now where we start counting continents. So uh, <laughs> <laughs> you know, we are actually, I, th- I think the, the last count was something like 56 countries. But what I love is that it can be so diverse as well. And here's a lovely story that there was a woman that contacted me from the Samoan High Commission in London, and she didn't have a car. So I met her at Hemel Hempstead Station and gave her this kit. And it took months because it was during lockdown. But, you know, we can go as far as Samoa. And then on the other side of the world, we've got kit landing in Brazil. So it can be anywhere in between. And one thing that I'm quite proud of as well is last year we set up Kit Aid Australia. So that's, again, you know, we've actually got Kit Aid operating on a completely different continent, and they're looking to send kit. They've got two reasons that they work. They want to work with Indigenous Aboriginal kids that can't get kit. But yeah. They also go further north, so they go out to the you know, the territories, you know, once you get north of Australia. So, yeah, in answer to your question, it's it, it can be anywhere. So mainly Africa, because that's where most of the projects tend to be. But it, it could be anywhere across the world. But it's but it's sort of developing countries, or in that case, developing communities that are, that, that are doing that. Yeah. yeah. I imagine some of the some of the, the projects that you worked on, and some of the impact of that going into some of those communities, probably goes wider ranging than we've got a kit. We're playing football. There must be a whole host of kind of community based benefits. I would have thought, you know, kind of in terms of that that connection and 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 the the ability to have organised sport 
effectively in those areas. It, mm. Is that a reasonable assumption or am I? No, no, no you're absolutely right. Because uh, if I just give three examples off the top of my Please. head, you know, how very, how varying it can be. Uh, we've got a project in Uganda where the kit is actually helping to save chimpanzees' lives, which sounds ridiculous. And I'd never, ever have thought that, you know, we would get to that point. But the way it works is that the charity came to us. They were struggling uh, as a group of environmental guys. They were yeah. struggling to have any relationship with the local farmers. And it's the farmers that are killing the chimps. So right. they, set up, they, they asked us for kit. With that kit, they set up a football league. And that gave them the inroad to actually build a kind of a, a relationship and to get their message across about, you know, don't kill the chimps, we'll, we'll work with you. So it's sort of facilitating the communication in those communities. Yeah. And then another example wow. in uh, uh, in Kenya, in the Kibera slum area, they, they set up football coaching with these guys. Mm-hmm. And in that time, uh, the kit that we gave was used either for the coaches and then for as prizes for the teams. And they could actually monitor, they've got, you know, recorded evidence of the fact that while all of this was going on, knife crime diminished or you know reduced. So again, the social impact is yeah. You know, we we have a saying that it's more than just a shirt, and I, I think that's kind of examples that show. And obviously, football football is something that we're you know we're all madly passionate about, and I love the fact that really with by what we're enabling is inclusion, and inclusion for us is one of the key. Know, reasons why we do this yeah. because you know, there's nothing better than a kid that can join a team you know have that camaraderie of a team develop and that doesn't just stop there you know we all know it's the same for kids here really that you know you you, you stay mates with these people you grow with those people yeah and if i can just give another example our, our favorite one at the moment is in malawi where we've done a lot of work with the charity they look after three thousand orphans now if you can imagine these the you know they run a school they run a medical center Mm-hmm. But but the kids need a an outlet and football and netball are the way that they get you know their entertainment and we've helped them uh, develop so they've now got a whole nursery where there's a there's a pathway where we've got the little kids that are under seven and you know, under ten but then when they get into under fourteen there's a team then under seventeen there's a team then it feeds into a men's team and we've developed a link now so that they can go all the way through and they, we've built this bridge with a Malawian Super League side. So a kid could literally start in the nursery, get his football kit from Harpenden Colts, and then end up playing. Well, we've actually had three boys last year that got uh, selected for national trials. And they're now, you know, they're now part of the Malawi national under 14 and under 17 squads. And that's, you know, that's football at its best for me. But it's, it's, it could be life-changing for those boys that, they could end up playing anywhere. And and as you say, this is utilising kit that has been, you know, it's had its use in, in the UK um, and now it's having a second life elsewhere. I'll be honest with you, as we record it, it's Wednesday. My wife asked me if I'd put the recycling out and it took me about 12 seconds. If your wife asks you to put the recycling out, you bugger off to another continent and start doing these <laughs> kind of things. That's really quite something. Um, so, I mean, obviously you mentioned there your, your, your Watford shirt, a Watford fan you are indeed. So, you know, kind of this is, 
it goes wider. It goes to the whole football family, and quite rightly that it should. But there are some some Watford connections that have helped you kind of through this kind of growth in, you know, exponential growth over 24 years from, as you say, from a box to uh, approaching 900,000 items of kit going out and all of the, these benefits. What, what are some of the uh, kind of, uh, you, you've used your connections in Watford. Give us some examples of, uh, of, of how you've done that. Well, our, our biggest one is obviously through GT, um, <laughs> who was our president, and we're incredibly, incredibly proud of that, and always will be. And if I could share the story of how that started, it's lovely, because one of our trustees' uh, kids went to school with uh, Graham's daughter's boy, and I wrote a letter and just said, look, could you pass this on to your dad? And then I was at work one day, and yeah, as you get phone calls all, all, all the time, this phone rang and it was the voice. It was Graham saying, right, you've got five minutes. I've got your letter. Tell me what you want. Explain what Kit A does. Uh, and then I'll make the decision. And I was kind of completely flummoxed. It's like, hey, you hear the voice and you know, really, <laughs> really put me on my back heels. But yeah. I recovered and then started talking. And literally, I just explained you know, probably what I'm saying to you now. Yeah. And after about three minutes, he said, stop. He said, I trust you. He said, I like what you do, but... I'll tell you this now, uh, a typical Graham, you know, kind of honesty and bluntness. He said, I get so many requests to be a patron or president of a charity. I'll probably dump you and I'll have to review the, the, uh, who we use, uh, who, are, who I'm patron of. And you know, there will come a time when I drop you. And he never did. Wow. And that's the bit that, you know, is in my heart, if you like, that yeah. Graham, Graham stayed with us. And we used to talk to him a lot and go around to the cottage and he'd sign things for us. And I just knew, and he said it all the time, how much he loved seeing the pictures. And, you know, and that, that for me was just, you know, wonderful. And we are still in contact with the family, uh, Karen, daughter, and Rita. You know, we're just incredibly proud of that link. Uh, and, uh, and, I mean, Graham was, I mean, and, and the whole Taylor family almost kind of gave him, gave a part of him up to, you know, concentrate on what he did in football and of course we know what joy he gave the Watford community but you know obviously contributing to that this and of course other causes as he said he was he was doing a lot of other stuff is 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 so touching and let's make the first call out for this guys because if you're listening obviously anything you can do to support kit aid all helps so we're going to get into kind of how teams can do that and how individuals might be able to do that because of course there's so much good that comes out of this plus obviously as i say the Watford connection you mentioned about his because uh, we had a chat about his boots and there was a story with his with his with his boots if i remember yeah, rightly yeah that, that's lovely as well that graham actually gave us his last pair of boots and you know i was really really honored that he'd given them to us and we auctioned them at uh we do we do dinners every five years and we auctioned them and i was really pleased on the night that they that they sold for more than we had a pair of lewis hamilton's racing boots that he'd signed that were brand new that are probably worth an absolute fortune now yeah. but on the night it was full of watford fans in the audience and they sold for a lot more. And then uh, it must have been, well, when they were building or designing the statue, I got a request from the club to say that the, the guy that was doing the, uh, we call it modelling, he said, could I possibly get the boots back? Because they wanted to make sure that they were the right size. And I, I thought that was lovely. We actually you know, found the guy that bought them, you know, those five years ago or whatever. And, uh, you know, they, they used them as part of the modelling for the statue. So, yeah, that was, oh. that, that was, that was quite an honour, I think. That, and it was a real honour, the fact that he gave us what he said were his last pair of boots. And that, that, is, that is lovely. I mean, as, as we speak, 
last Friday, Justin, myself and, and Carl were at the, the Watford Museum with the launch of the exhibition for the 100 years at the Vic. And they there they've got the, the sculptor's kind of model of it, obviously with the boots in excellent detail, even more so obviously outside. It's, uh, it's amazing stuff. In terms of obviously kind of that that piece with with, with Watford and, and with Graham kind of helping, uh, you know, from that time until unfortunately he was taken from us, you know, kind of so early. How can other clubs, for example, how can those junior clubs kind of if, if they've got kit that they're kind of going through and they're they're looking to to recycle how can they kind of let you know that they're there and how can they get them to you for example and is junior kit as valuable less valuable or even more valuable than, than adult kit uh, all kits valuable we, we have a saying that we can find a home for everything and that's really true you know we've sent goal posts corner flags little cones everything but in answer uh the easiest way is just to go onto our website kitaid.net and then you'll see we've got a you know, donate kit section and it's got all of our contact details. And the great thing is that if they are in our area, then it's really easy. We've got lots of volunteers all around Watford and Hemel. So we'll just go and collect them from them. And if it's a bigger volume, we'll get a van and we'll go and pick it, up, pick it all up. So that's uh, really, really, really easy. And there are, there are great clubs around this area. We've got, uh, you know, it's not just Harper and Colts, but Campstead Raiders, Hemel Aces, Everett Rovers have just given me a lot from Watford. I'm afraid to forget some of them, but you know there are the grassroots side of of the kit is probably now around forty percent. In the earlier days, it was much higher, but now we're quite lucky that we've got help from people like Watford and Liverpool and Man United. So it's kind of swung slightly that, but grassroots kit. And I'm pretty sure as well that there's lots of people that are listening that are linked to a club that maybe a you know maybe a manager for an under seven or under eight side, and they've got a kit in their garage and they don't mm. know what to do with it. And yep. that's, that's the key thing that will help you actually uh, not only clear your carriage, but we'll find a, a, a really good use for it across the world. What what goes into a sort of typical consignment? Is there anything that is a typical consignment or is it someone will say to you, look, I've got 30 shirts and 30 pairs of socks and you'll say, oh, yes, please, I'll have those. Yeah, so it's typical consignment. The way it works is that we get all of the kit in and we do get a lot coming in all of the time. And then... We, we have these sorting sessions on a Saturday morning. So we literally have about 30 volunteers and we'll go through and we'll sort into a full squad. So 15 shirts, 15 shorts, 15 socks. And then as the morning goes on, you find you can't get 15 of everything. So you scale it down and say, well, okay, we'll make a seven-a-side squad. And then we even have what we call right at the very end of the session, lucky dip. And that will be just a mix of match of everything. But going back to you know, some of our famous sayings, one of them is that by giving a, a child a kit or a shirt, could be doubling their wardrobe. Right. So that that's where oh. the, that, that's where the mix and match lucky dip comes in. That you know, I've been out to Malawi and a couple of times, and I see the kids. They haven't got much clothing, but by having a, a shirt, it's easy to wash, easy to dry. It's just a, another piece of clothing that keeps them going. Wow. Can I, I mention some of the? support that we've had from Watford as well. Yeah, absolutely. Because Watford is is probably our premier premier club. So in terms of the the players, it's lovely actually because we've got people like Gibbsy and he's great because I remember he came, I was actually working at the Trust at the time and he came back, he came to the stadium. His car was jam-packed with boxes and he said Heidi, his wife, had made him clear his, his wardrobes. And I kind of, I've heard from Sarah Priestley that Nigel's a bit of a hoarder, and uh, 
there was literally every club he'd ever coached at. So there was Reading, Swansea, Leeds, Spurs. And they were perfectly, each box was perfectly full of everything. So, you know, the, the training tops, everything. But I said to him, there's no Watford kit here. And he kind of laughed and said, no, you, you won't get that. That's still, she doesn't know. <laughs> That's kept. Oh, kept good, man. Kept good, it man back. good man. Good uh, man. Nigel Gibbs, officially, officially the nicest man in the world. I think we've had a vote on that. I think that has been democratically approved. Yeah. Clearly yeah. showing, though, that he has a vice when it comes to Watford gear. <laughs> Could you love the man anymore? Good, honestly. Uh, sorry, another another one that I do yeah. I, I, I want to mention is Akechi Anya. Again, really, really nice guy. Really down to earth. He gave us some of his best kit, I would say. He gave us some of his Scotland training kit, which I don't know how many times he played for Scotland, oh, but wow. it must have been fairly precious. And he he was somebody that was you could tell when people are genuinely interested. He would you know, he would ask me questions, and I used to send him our newsletters, and he would always comment back, so you, you knew that he'd read it and he got what we we're about. Luther, I've got to mention because Luther's been good over the years. That we've had some quite unique kit from Luther. And recently, it works both ways. I'm quite pleased that last week we gave him a lot of kit. Uh, well, there were T-shirts. We get we, we got a lot of running vests from events that got cancelled during COVID, and he wanted them for his Ukraine project. So that you know that was nice. And then more recently, or as a more recent player is uh, Ingakia, and I love this because I got an email from his mum, and it was a really long email. And then about three quarters of the way down, there was a bit in there saying, "And my son is a footballer," and I kind of that just made my my ears prick up and I thought well, that's interesting so I, I was going to phone her anyway and I said like you know you mentioned your son's a footballer who does he play for and she didn't use the name Ngakia uh, she had a different surname and when she said it was Jeremy Ngakia I thought that's amazing <laughs> you know there's a Watford player that we're going to give you Watford kit and I did I gave her an awful lot of Watford kit that we got from the club and that he's now set up well it's his mum set it up the Ngakia Foundation and I think probably 95% of the kit that they've handing out in Congo has come via Watford and via us. So, yeah, it's, it's, it's nice that we can help. That's brilliant. That's fabulous. And it's wonderful to hear about players and former players, obviously. In, 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 let's face it, we know, we know Luther's a legend. I mean, there's no, there's no, <laughs> no question about that. But, but young Jeremy and Gakia, yes, absolutely through his mum because he's got to concentrate on his career, etc. But he's looking to do things and connect tremendous stuff. Sports Social, now on the Sports Social Podcast Network. Hello, I'm Ashley Blaker, and I'm hosting a new season of the comedy panel show, Never Write Off the Germans, in partnership with my diesel claim. Join me and my esteemed comedy guests as we discuss all that's ridiculous with the greatest show on earth this winter in a host nation with domestic football equivalent to the Isthmian League South. We'll guide you through the tournament, covering everything that's funny with the countries taking part. Whether you're a diehard fan... Or an occasional bandwagon jumper just supporting your home nation until they're embarrassingly knocked out by Iran. Listen on the Sports Social Podcast Network or wherever you get your podcasts. But remember, never write off the Germans. Hi, this is Nigel Gibbs and you're listening to the Do Not Scratch Your Eyes podcast. So in terms of when we were talking you last week, you were mentioning around, you used the phrase, I think it was DJ Kitman. But I yeah. was thinking, you made another point, which was how varied your day was, because you used the word, the words. And these were words I wasn't expecting to hear. And and then I got home and I'd had two pallets of kit from Dundee United. I'll be honest with you, that's the, probably the first time I've heard those words in that combination <laughs> before. 
those kind of senior clubs how do they get kit to you how are they kind of rolled into and connected to to kit aid in terms of that Uh, it it can vary uh some of the big clubs if they take man united for example and this is quite unique and that connection started through graham he wrote to all all 92 club kit managers and man united (laughs) he did a personal signed letter and man united the guy, the kit manager at Man United, took it into the office, and I, I should remember this, but the secretary at the time of Man United worked with Graham at Watford. And so that that's literally how that relationship with United started. But in answer to your question, this is really unique. United won't allow us into Carrington, so we can't send a van into Carrington. What they do is they actually deliver it all to a bloke's house in sale, and he, he stores it in his garage. And sometimes, if it's too much, he puts it in his house. He's not married, by the way. <laughs> and I'll never forget this. We once, we were a bit slow in collecting it. Uh, I think it, I don't know why, but it took us too long to collect. And when we did, we moved the boxes in his in his lounge or wherever it was. And the carpet was a different colour to, <laughs> to the rest of the carpet. Because the sun had, you know, the boxes had been there too long. <laughs> but, you know, that, that, that that's unique. Other, other clubs, uh, we generally will send, uh, we've got a courier company that help us. Uh, so they'll they'll go and collect for us, and then you get the other case where, like you said, I got home and uh, a courier dropped two pallet loads of Dundee United uh, boxes outside our container and just driven off and left left a message. So I, I suddenly had to stop over my lunch and <laughs> drive over to the containers and unload them. Fantastic, and 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 Mrs Mrs Nigel Gibbs, listen to this. Unless the carpet changes colour, Nigel hasn't got enough memorabilia. <laughs> Always important to know. And so, in terms of the DJ kit man, was that a particular personality, or was that a person person involved? Uh, you, or, do you know, do you know DJ? He's he was no. the kit. Uh, he was the kit manager. If you look when you look on the pitch at Watford before a game, he's left now. Unfortunately, he's gone to Arsenal. He's jumped over the hedge. But if you look, all the players <laughs> take off their tracksuit tops and they chuck. Yeah, them, and yeah. that that was DJ. He was the kit man. So he was the actual kit manager. Uh, and for me, the kit managers are the best person to know in any club because they've got control of you know new stuff comes in. What do we do with the old stuff? And then we've got some good relationships, like the Reading kit manager is brilliant. And they know us and they see all the pictures. And, you know, it, we help them because they need to clear space at the end of the season before the new stuff comes in. And if I take an example of Reading, last season they had a special badge that said 150 years. Mm, yeah. Absolutely everything had to go because they couldn't they couldn't use it this year. Uh, and, and that's not just the first team. That's, you know, the under-23s all the way down through the academy you know, down to the under sixes. So there was an awful lot of kit that needs shifting. That's pretty much the same in every club. So so wow. when, when you get a large amount of kit like that, how, how do you decide what goes where? I mean, I've got a list pretty much constantly of about 20 charities and individuals that want kit. So we, you know, some we've worked with over a number of years and some have got really, really big projects like the Malawi one where they're looking after 3,000 kids. So you can ship I can ship a van load to them very easily, right. and they 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 will send a container. Other ones uh, that we don't know that we've never worked with before, we have to be careful because a lot of this is based on trust. They'll sign an agreement, but if we haven't worked with them before, we'll only give them say six or seven boxes. And the agreement is when they get photos back to us, you know, we keep it. I know who they are. Mm-hmm. We've got a list. We will then say right, okay, 
next time if you need more we'll give you a bit more so it, it works and presumably was, presumably otherwise they might sit on the black market or something you're saying yeah exactly exactly and you know we are talking about quite valuable kit so you know the big you know all the premier league club kit we've just got to be careful that who we work with like i say a lot of it's trust but you can't always work on trust you have to have uh, governance in place to to make it work hmm. it's, it's great to hear that you're ensuring it's getting into the hands of the you know the the kids or the players who can benefit from it as you say doubling their wardrobe is is that's genuinely genuinely life affecting at the at the most base level let alone the fact the benefits that, that as we say organized sport can bring um has there been any involvement with the trust at, oh, of course because of course yeah. yeah so i should have mentioned the trust because i i used to work for the trust yeah uh, no they're great they uh because they, they've got various teams. Uh, they've got kicks programs at Meriden and Cedar Centres, and they, they'll regularly clear kit as well. And even to the extent that, you know, all the courses they run, and you know what kids are like, they lose things and they leave things. We mm-hmm. used to get all of the lost property. And, it was, and you know, as much as they would try at the trust to give it back to the kids' mum, you know, whenever they could, but they couldn't always do it. And we'd end up with you know, bags and bags of, really nice quality kit that the kids had just left. Now, the trust the trust have been, been good to us. And also, even uh, certainly on the retail side, the, do you remember the uh, the Chelsea game, the rainbow, the rainbow, I'm yep. sure you do, the rainbow uh, presentation? Yeah, the display, yeah. Yeah, well, a lot of those T-shirts, the fans left, and the club had some in reserve. So we got all of those, and they've all gone out as well, which I love, the fact that, you know, something that was so powerful anyway, as, as I've always said, a second, second coming. Or your kids lose loads of things to think that actually it could have had a second life and benefited somebody who was substantially more in need and you won't know about it mm. is kind of heartwarming, genuinely. Well, <laughs> I, I sometimes go out and give presentations to primary schools, and the one the message that I always get back is that the kids love the fact that if they've given a shirt that's got their name tag in the back, I don't know what it oh, is yeah. that that really that really appeals to seven, eight, nine year old boys that. The fact that some kid is wearing a shirt with their name tag in. I do, however, have to turn to a darker side and ask this. There was a, there is a picture I think currently on Twitter, and I have to say it is the most heartwarming photograph I can say I have ever seen involving the word Luton Town. <laughs> and it is, it is a young lad who is in Malawi and he's resplendent in a kit. This stuff transcends rivalries, okay. and let's face it, let's face it, as you know, this is the home to pettiness bitterness and stupidity but even even my icy glacial heart melted when 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 seeing this but but mr williams have you ever at any point and i'm not suggesting that you may have done this but it's the kind of thing i might have done have you ever thought i've put a watford kit in that particular part in that particular league i wonder if i can transport the m1 derby basically onto sub-saharan kind of africa has there ever been a temptation to set up (laughs) to set up you know kind of the geordies versus the mackham somewhere near nepal yeah i'm I'm sure it's happened uh (laughs) great question i've done it on purpose but uh, and and it's interesting what you say about transcending rivalries because yeah i've learned that perhaps i'm just getting old now and uh, i kind of think i can't be i can't I, you know it doesn't matter to me now who it comes from uh, i've just got to uh, and, and it's, it's the kid at the end of it that gets the and i i do sometimes wonder as well because they know so much about premier league football 
they probably do know that there are rivalries between these clubs, and they probably have their own little battles now and then in the in the in the in their playing fields. And you know, we used to take out. Well, I've taken out quite a few times the uh, the cards. You know, the forgot what they're called now. The you know the, the football cards, Panini cards. Yeah, yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. And I, what I loved was that we'd put them into bundles of about thirty with elastic bands. And if a kid say we went somewhere and we gave a kit to a team, but there were hundreds of kids that didn't get anything, we'd hand them out all the cards, and you would actually see them opening them, going through them, recognizing the players, and then swapping them. And I thought that is—I could be on a playing for you know, I could be in the playground uh, uh, anywhere in Watford, and the kids are kids are kids, you know, and they love football, and you know, it's, it's and it goes back to that whole thing of inclusion. You know, we're making, we're giving them uh, that. Football transcends everything. It gives you the opportunity. You know, you're, you're out there playing. You're scoring the goal in the World Cup final. Doesn't matter. You know, you're, you're and you're part of a team. So, I'm sure over 24 years, you you might have had some some different things that have, that have perhaps turned up. What what are, what, are, what are, give us some of the examples yeah, of some of those I, interesting ones? Well, again, sometimes I think the kit man, the kit guys. They'll give us things that they probably don't really mean to. So we got the Penarandas FA Cup tracksuit, <laughs> and I'm sure DJ didn't know it's in there. Uh, and, um, so I thought I can't really send it out because it's too valuable. So I gave that to Sarah at the museum. Probably one of the nicest ones, that, or the funniest ones, was we used to work with Eniola Aluko, and she would give us quite yeah. a lot of stuff. But we'd have to go and collect it from her mum. And so one day we went, uh, I, one of our volunteers went and got this big bag of stuff, and. He was quite curious, so he got it out, and it's massive. And he said, no, that, that can't be hers, because she's tiny. And then we realised, as we pulled all the shirts out, it was like a Nigerian international shirt, and it was it was her brother, Sonny. Uh, it was literally every shirt that he must have saved that was really valuable to him, that his mum, he'd given to his mum to look after. <laughs> <laughs> it was in a cupboard somewhere, and she just chucked it out and gave it to us. Oh. And we, we had to go back. <laughs> <laughs> So that could easily have ended up in a lucky bit box, uh, you know, and out somewhere in the field in, in, in Africa. But we did the right thing. We told her and she said, no, you've got to bring it back. Yeah. He, <laughs> so yeah. he looked for it and it weren't there. So can you yeah. bring that back? <laughs> Elia Luco, for anybody who doesn't know, she used to play for, for, for Chelsea and for, for England, as I remember as well. Yeah, yeah, she's, England, she's, yeah. she's now out, I think, uh, like general managing Los Angeles, I think it is. Yeah, you know, kind of because because yeah. obviously women's football in the states is massive. But it does pose the question that as something that I hadn't really thought of. But in 1998, especially on the global stage, football would have been predominantly male. And of course, we have seen an absolute sea change over the last decade. And in the last few weeks, obviously, due to the Lionesses win and the the, the success of the Euros here, the women's game has come on leaps and bounds. Is that something that you've seen recognised in these developing countries? Is there is there uh, you know, kind of a, are there a number of girls teams springing up now, increasing the need for this kind of recycled kit? Yeah, absolutely. And um, we've always been conscious of the fact that uh, we didn't just want to be seen as supporting boys because yeah. if, I, if I go back to the Malawi uh, situation, you know, there are 3,000 orphans, well, half of them are girls. So it's wrong if we just constantly give kit to boys. But they, they've got they've got a, a kit a girls team there now as well. And I've seen it in lots of other countries. And the great thing is we now actually, we got given an awful lot from the FA of Lionesses training kit. So now we can actually give proper, proper, nicely cut England yeah. ladies football training kit to girls teams. Uh, so we're not just giving them 
and boys' football shirts from Harper because they're getting nice and you know, proper proper fitting clothes. Um, we also trans. We've moved into netball a bit more as well because netball is very very popular across various African countries. So we can we can use we can use football kit or netball as well. Oh, fantastic. I mean, you know, let's be honest, you know, my football kit, if it comes in the size tarpaulin, it'll fit me. That's fine. But <laughs> you have to, you know, the, the the different cup that makes absolute sense. So you've got that, you've got netball. Any any other sporting kind of elements that, that this is kind of kind of bled out into in terms of other benefit? Because I imagine as you said, you're shipping items of equipment as well. There's there's a whole lot that, that could potentially facilitate. Yeah, and what's interesting is it's based around the fact that the projects now I'm finding, if I, if I give an example, there's one that yeah. we've been supporting a couple of years in Ghana called Coach the Coach. It's a great concept. They bring 100 guys in. It's throughout August. Uh, they bring them from across Ghana. They've got the Dutch FA over there. They coach the guys. They get a certificate at the end of it, and they go back to their, their region and the kit that we've donated will go will go with them, so they'll all take back fifty or sixty items of kit. But that that project transcended into golf, and it's just bizarre the way it did. They uh, they got offered or they asked for access to one of the golf courses in Accra, and they just said, "Let's take the kids in, and we'll just see." You know, is any uh, uh, they've never played golf before. They've never probably even seen a golf club, and it turned out that one of the kids, a girl called Affy was absolutely brilliant and she won the Ghanaian Junior Open recently and as a result of that she then got invited to the World Junior Open in Scotland I think that was about three or four weeks ago but her visa didn't come through in time which was really heartbreaking for her and quite sad but this is where I guess really bizarre that she's actually got an aunt in Watford and she's now coming over and they've asked us if we can help get her invited into different championships because all through the summer holidays a lot of these i'm not into golf at all but a lot of these golf clubs have junior junior championships yeah, yeah. so afi is coming over she should have come over today but there's been a slight hitch and she's going to come over later in the week we hope and she's been so far we've got her into the grove so she's taking part in the groves junior championship which is a world-class <laughs> golf course as i understand yeah, it absolutely uh, it is uh burke hampstead welling garden and Harpenden. So we've got her into four four or five tournaments now. And I'm just really praying that this girl whoops all these, ends up with trophies coming out of her ears. And uh, who knows, she might end up with a, somebody take her on board and give her professional coaching. And I think she handicaps 11, which doesn't mean a lot to me, but I think that's quite good. But At that age, yeah, no, no, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So I, I, do, I do love the fact that you say, I went to Tanzania in 1998. I've been sending, <laughs> you know, 900,000 items all over the world. Uh, we, you know, this spreads into, into golf. She comes across, she wins this. And then this is where it gets bizarre. It's like, what? <laughs> Didn't we leave bizarre? Like back there somewhere? <laughs> yeah, that's amazing. That's amazing. So how long is, is, is she going to be here in, in the UK for then? Uh, for a couple of months, as I understand it and uh, she's going to do homeschooling uh, but what we're hoping is we're hoping that if any of listeners are, are into golf clubs and really you know, can help us we'd, we'd appreciate it because we know nothing at all about golf and what, what we need to find is I think this West Hearts Golf Club is, has got a very good junior section and we just need to find someone that will take her on and let her play you know do some practicing or get her some coaching professional coaching that could make the difference to her 
and who knows there might be other kids that that, that are out there as well that that we find fantastic well anybody who's listening who is knows connections at any golf clubs and uh, might be able to help out connect via us or go go straight to kid aid and, and to Derek. either way we'll kind of put everybody in touch with everybody and see if we can't help this this young lady kind of uh push on and push through i mean it's a it's an amazing story of providing opportunity to people who are hungry for opportunity mm. uh, and a chance to uh to to, to improve well, life for everybody and anything. It, it's quite its quite astonishing. So oh, you mentioned 1998. With my razor-sharp mind, I calculate that next year is your 25th anniversary. What, did, what have you got planned for, for next year? Is it take us, what, 25 years of kit age looks like? It's, for us, it's a really big year, and uh, we're, we're, we're just at the stage of starting to start planning you know, what we're going to do. But, the, but also alongside it is the fact that we should and will reach a million items of donated kit. And wow. That that is such a milestone, and it's one that you know we we you know we got to two hundred and fifty thousand. We got banners made. We got to half a million. We got banners and cakes made. Seven hundred fifty thousand, and it's just you know I've got to get there because you, you know if ever there was a you know a chance of stopping Kit Aid, you just couldn't do it because you cannot stop it until you get to the million, and then who knows you know what's your next target? Two million, five million. Yeah, uh, but. Uh, yeah, so there will there will be activities, and we you know we we'll start publicising them. But I think at the moment we're in the formation stage, and if anybody's got any ideas, uh, you know we'd be happy to hear from them. Uh, if anybody wants to help, we'd be happy to hear from them. So there will be a dinner. Uh, really sad that Graham obviously can't be with us for this because he was at the tenth or fifteenth. We'll look back with pride, but we'll look back for the fact that Graham's big big part of story. Derek, I mean, on behalf of everybody, I'm sure, I mean, thank you so much for doing it because it has brought so many elements together that, that everybody loves to see. And I started at the, at the start of this in terms of the social media piece. If you don't already, please go and find Kit Aid on Twitter and follow it because genuinely there's there's you know kind of every other day at least there's there's a little piece of joy there that's mm. something that you may have recycled or or somebody somebody and we seem to have taken all the kit from Hartland and Colts I have to say in this conversation which is which we, we seem to be really pinning them down these guys have, have had that kit it's had a second life and the joy that's come out of it is unconfined and when you get to see the photographs and of course now the videos as well the joy of having that kit is palpable Derek I, I do hope that you you wake up every morning and feel that you have you have done your bit in the world because you most certainly have and continue to do so 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 thank you so much the fact that it touches on Watford is is just an, another another piece of joy and when when I kind of realized how close how closely aligned the club is to this and how it's then gone from there to broaden out I mean and there's no better there's no better symbol than that than those 92 letters that Graham wrote to help mm. spread it. Mm. A great man and a great legacy, both himself and yourself, Derek. Thank you so much for joining us today. Anybody who can, please go to the kitaid.net. Yeah. And there is an opportunity. Is there an opportunity for individuals to make a donation as well? I mean, you mentioned obviously volunteers. There must be costs and logistics involved in terms of getting this out. So I presume there's, there must be some kind of uh, re requirement for if people haven't got kit, they can still make a financial donation. Yeah, we'd be. We've got a just giving page, and you know, we would be incredibly grateful because that's probably our biggest challenge. That as we get bigger, you know, your costs get bigger, and people are generous. You know, we have had donations, and we we have had some events that that support. 
supporters. But if there's anybody out there that is looking for a charity to support, you know, in a fun run or a half marathon or, or, or whatever, really, you know, please consider Kito because we can make that money work uh, in many ways. Uh, and you know, as we discussed earlier, it, it can be life changing. And it's not just me. I've, I've got to say that, you know, I've got a team of uh, 40 odd volunteers in this area and we've got regional helpers all around the country. Don't forget, guys, if you are a member of a golf club, please let us know if, you, if you've got a, a junior uh, tournament or a junior section. Just let us know, see if there's a, uh, see if there's a way that we can maybe get this, this young lady involved. Um, girls teams, if you have got some spare kit, as we mentioned there earlier, you know, that's that's also going out there. And any other kits that you can donate, again, if anybody, if we can get everybody to go to kitaid.net uh, and see there, so for the next time they have an opportunity or they know a team or their son's team or their nephew's team, you get it. See if you can't uh, donate it and make sure that that kit has a second life. And as you say, it becomes more than a shirt. Derek, thank you very much for giving us your time this evening. A fascinating chat. Uh, all the best to Kitaid going forward. And thank you very much for coming on Do Not Scratch Your Eyes. Uh, thank you. It's been, you know, I, like, I like Do Not Scratch Your Eyes anyway, but it's been you know, it's been really helpful and uh, yeah, I've loved doing it. And yeah, thanks to everyone that listens that, that can potentially help us. Podcast Network. It's the 90th minute. All your mates around, you've got your McNuggets share boxes ready to go. Your mates already got booked for double dipping and you steal the last nugget, snatching all three points. Perfect. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. You in? <whistles> At participating restaurants, 18 plus. Serving times, delivery free in terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. The secret to summer-ready skin is here. Osea's number one best-selling Andaria Algae Body Oil, clinically proven to instantly improve skin elasticity and transform dry skin to silky, soft, and unbelievably glowing. Its signature scent of freshly squeezed grapefruit, cypress, and mango mandarin transports you to sun-kissed summer days. Get healthy, glowing skin for summer with clean, vegan skincare from Osea. Get 10% off your first order site-wide with code GLOW at OseaMalibu.com. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.